Wisconsin's afternoon news is on the air. Broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in beautiful downtown Milwaukee. Here's John McCure. Amy's here in for Sandy. Greg is here. Debbie's here. And Adam is producing the show this afternoon. Somebody I know is going to golf 100 holes on Thursday. In the past, Greg, you've actually a couple times, uh, or at least once, golfed more than 100 holes. <laughs> That's a lot of golf. How, how much time are you on the golf course? Yeah, I, pretty. it's all day. So I've got a call time to the golf course. Uh, we're playing at the Bog in Sockville. It's Ooh, the nice. annual Ringer event for the MAC Fund. And we'll be teeing off at about 7.30. So sometimes it's a little frost delay. They want to get the frost off the course before we're out there running around. Uh, but it looks to be a sunny day and temperatures around 60 degrees. And that is an Not absolute bad. win. That'll be wonderful to play. Uh, we've got to get the frost off the green so your your ball can actually travel uh, and you can play on the course safely. It's not so wet. Uh, but we'll be out there until it gets close to dark. Do you just keep going okay. around and around? You do. And around. <laughs> yeah, so I, I've done this with Gabe Neitzel and Stephen Watson over the last couple of years, and the three of us are, are playing together. We all have separate carts. So typically we tee off, and then we sort of see each other on the green, and then we put yeah. out together and then go to the next hole. Yeah. Uh, and we might mix up tee boxes. So we'll play uh, you know, the black tees on 118, and then the green tees on another 18. Okay. Just to mix it up a little bit. Actually sounds really fun. You, you, it's, it's a lot of holes, though. <laughs> you kind of start keeping score, and then you just sort of punt on that whole idea, and then you just track how many birdies and pars you get. Uh, because some people, and I think it's great, have pledged $10 per birdie or $25 per birdie or something like that that you know, is incentive for me to, to kind of play my best and putt out. But there are no bogeys on the course, I'll tell you that much. If you miss your par putt, you pick up and you go. So here's where you come into play here. So Greg's raising money for the MAC Fund. This is all about the MAC Fund, pediatric cancer research. The money stays here in Wisconsin. If you'd like to help raise money for the MAC Fund, text the word GOLF, G-O-L-F, to the Old National Bank Talk and Text Line, 855 Text the word GOLF. We send you all the information. Make it really easy. Whether you can give 10 bucks or 100 bucks or more, Please help us out, 855-616-1620. Text the word GOLF. And we're setting a goal of $7,500. We are at 6200 right now. Let's go. And if we get to $7,500, I will spend at least one month growing my hair back, which is frightening to even think about. Wow. Uh, and my wife has never seen me with hair. So How long has it been? Since I've had hair? Yeah. 20 years. Oh, I want to really? see that. 21 years. Wow. Okay. It'll come back. It just won't look good. It's. I don't believe you. Let us I, be the judge yeah. of that. <laughs> Let's help him grow his hair back. Text the word GOLF to 855-616-1620. And if anyone's willing to match any donations that come in today, I know somebody sent a note, John, uh, last yep. week Friday uh, that said they were willing to match up to $500. Great. So uh, we could include that in our total, and, and we're getting closer to 7000 already. So you got a match going. So really, your uh, your donation is doubled if you give today. So text the word GOLF to 855-616-1620. So the city of Milwaukee is exploring what to do about their budget situation. If they don't get help from the state, they have a very serious financial problem coming up really soon. There are discussions at the state going on about what to do, but there's no guarantee Milwaukee will get any relief. And if they don't, they are looking at budget cuts of 10%, 20%, and 25%. So they've looked at all these scenarios and they've released the information. 10%, 20%, and 25%. Now, if that happens... They are going to cut to the police department, fire department, and libraries. Why? Well, those are the three departments with budgets of more than $20 million that are heavily dependent on tax dollars as opposed to grants and fees and other revenues. 
So those three departments would be targeted. The city's already said that, and they don't have a lot of choice. There aren't a lot of other areas where you have to make big, big, big cuts that you can make a difference. So listen to some of this detail. So if they were to enact cuts to the police department, which if they can't get this figured out in Madison, they will have to do, they will cut between 241 and 602 members of the police department. That is staggering. They will also be forced to eliminate the traffic safety unit that was created solely to focus on reckless driving, which we talk about all the time. So if they're forced to give a 20% budget reduction, which is a likelihood, according to the experts, they will eliminate the traffic safety unit in our city. They'll eliminate the special investigations division and sensitive crimes. All right, so eliminating the traffic safety speaks for itself. The roads are going to be even more dangerous because we're not concentrating on that. Listen to the other two. The closure of the special investigations and sensitive crime divisions would leave detectives who handle homicides and overtly violent crime taking on cases that aren't as violent. So we're going to take away guys who are settling homicides you need specialists in that case. Yeah. As investigators. This is terrible. Uh, terrible. And it's it's terrible. a terrible situation. It is because, you know, we were talking about the crime issue and uh, homicides are actually down in Milwaukee, but we're still struggling with reckless driving. So we're really struggling with shootings. Um, How are they going to get rid of a minimum of 240 police officers when we actually need more? I don't know. I was today I was driving in and I came uh, via the Pfizer forum and just down MLK. And I thought this is really a nice view of the city. It's a beautiful to drive in straight to the third street market shows off beautifully. And then I saw a lot of cops on foot and uh, it made me think, you know, that's that's a good feeling. I like that. It's a good feeling. It shows off the city nicely that this is a protected area. Um, and it's safe to come here and be here, and having pe- having police officers on beat patrol is important. You, you know? won't be seeing that if they got to cut 600, no. 600 cops. All right, so the fire department, how would they be impacted? If they have to cut 10% of the budget, that would be 89 firefighters gone. If they have to cut 25%, that's 222 firefighters gone. Fire stations would decrease from right now we have 30 fire stations. They would go down to... 18 fire stations if we cut 25% of the budget. That means that every fire station would cover five square miles in our city instead of three. Response times would increase, and so would medical calls. So anytime you call an EMT. Okay, let's get to libraries. So people are really worked up in our city. It's all over social media that libraries would be impacted also. They would have to close... Between four branches and ten branches, depending on the severity of the cuts. Between four branches and ten branches. I'm not arguing that libraries aren't important. They're safe spaces for students after school and on the weekends. They give access to the computers and Internet. The computer and Internet families. is a really big deal for the Milwaukee Public Library. So I'm not arguing any of that. But if we need to cut the budget, I say we close every library in the city of Milwaukee and keep the cops. Get rid of the libraries. If the choice is so no sad, internet though, access. Yeah, does this have to be a choice? Our, yes. I mean, this is and this yes. is what Tim Sheehy was talking it has about. To be a choice. The president of the Metropolitan Association of Commerce. He was saying that we need a local sales tax revenue right. to try to support this. Right. And and we need to talk to him about I meant to follow up when he was on about the likelihood of that actually happening. Uh well, it's never happened yet. They've been asking for it for a decade. 
So I know it's sad to shut the library down, but if you're going to combat reckless driving or make sure EMTs and fire department can get to your house like or public business, safety, yeah. get rid of the libraries. To me, this is a no-brainer. And my first job growing up was in a library. That's so I tragic. love the library. I, know I have an do. affinity for libraries. My first job was in a library. You're a researcher by trade. But if the choice is getting rid of libraries or getting rid of cops, I'm sorry. you got to close the libraries. This is a devastating situation for the city, actually. I hope they understand in Madison how bad the situation is and that the city needs help. The city has a pension issue. Okay, It's not good. Bad decisions were made that led to that. But now that's where we are. I feel like we went through this already once 20 with years the, ago. With the county. Yeah. The county. Yes. The same issue. Yes. And so what, what else is considered in the round of cuts? Because we've talked about, you know, the parks don't have enough funding. And you've got to be able to monetize your parks. And maybe there won't be enough workers to keep your parks looking yep. nice and clean. And snow removal and other, you know, other things that taxpayers help support and fund. Are all those on the table here for chopping? Uh, they are, but there's just not enough money there to make a difference. And those, some of those areas have already been cut more. So the parks was one of the first thing cut a decade ago. So there's just not enough money there to make a difference. And some areas that we talk about are funded through grants and fees and other revenues. So if the city has a budgetary issue, they have to cut things that the city funds. And these are the three biggest areas, police, fire, and libraries that the city funds. Yeah, it's just too tight already. Yeah. So something needs to change at the state level. Yeah, they say they're talking about it. We have we have stories in the newscast today that Republicans and Democrats are talking, so maybe something happens. I hope they do some trust falls in their consciousness-raising meetings. <laughs> I'm serious. Something's got to give. Yeah. We have got to we have got to get this figured out. This is a dire situation. This is a really bad situation. How the hell can we really be having a conversation about getting rid of the unit that focuses on reckless driving in our city with the with the situation it we have probably right now. needs more funding right it, it does just, it needs more help and we're thinking about getting rid of it i just i just don't get it wisconsin's afternoon news on wtmj an interesting survey out about cleaning your house i want to share a couple statistics with you a recent survey was done and 10% of people admit, 10% of people admit they've gone more than six months without cleaning their house at all. That is so frightening. Are you kidding me? Six months. That's a long no, that's time. that's disgusting. There's so many hygiene problems that are cropping up in the news. It's freaking me out. One in 10 say they've gone at least six months. On well, average, it takes the person, how long do you think to do light cleaning around their house? Well, would that be like wiping the sink, or is that it'd be like it'd like be like bathroom dusting, vacuuming? I think I don't think anything involving the bathroom is light cleaning. <laughs> light cleaning on average takes the person two hours. Okay, deep cleaning, like cleaning behind your appliances or wiping down uh. baseboards. How long would it take to do a deep clean in your house on average? Do you believe? Uh, I think that's like an eight-hour thing. Ooh, yeah, that's a weekend. Yeah, it's a weekend. Yeah, they said five hours. There's no way if you're really doing no it right. Way. You're no, five hours. all the baseboard scrubbing, right? All the wall scrubbing. You're gonna do like wall scrubbing. How is that what happens clean? at the well, Massex? I, I got an eight-year-old and a six-year-old, right? I mean, this right. is like pepperoni stuck to the wall some days. <laughs> what is that? One time I fed a refried, be- refried beans. Don't ever do that. Oh God. <laughs> uh, I hate deep cleaning, hate and it. Michelle insists that we do it twice a year, and we really do it. Scrubbing the baseboards, the you fan guys are blades. A lot of fun. You know, 
Yeah. Uh, she says I'm lucky it's only twice a year, because if she had her way, she'd do it like every Saturday. Okay, so you're a surface cleaner, right? You're a sweeper, you're a, oh, you know, spray the granite and whatever, and wipe I'm it down. I'm good at it. I, I don't mind vacuuming, cleaning, I call, polishing. I call it smoke and mirrors, you know? Just like, I love to shove the stuff in the closet and close the door. <laughs> yeah. Bye-bye. But cleaning the baseboards, that's just hard work. Well, it is. I mean, there's no comfortable way to do it, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, I do like the way the house smells after a nice deep clean. Our house is still relatively new. It's only about six and a half years old. So you clean it up nice, you leave for a few hours, and it, it sort of smells like a new house again. It's true. I do really like that. I love that fabuloso stuff. Uh, exactly, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you yeah, got to yeah. make sure yeah. your, your kids don't mistake it for something else. Right. Um, but we, we do deep cleanings, I, I would say, a few times a year. We're, we're pretty good at the surface cleaning. There are some like areas of storage that have just like just become ridiculous, and I like to declutter much more than anybody else in our family who likes to hang on to things. I'm a, I'm a declutterer. I'm a hoarder. I'm a hanger on her too. I can't. I'm, I'm sentimentally attached to everything that was ever put on the planet. Me too. I mean, I use a napkin at dinner and I don't want to get rid of it. <laughs> I've noticed that. <laughs> this is a true story. I should say this on the air, but I, I I will use I will reuse a napkin for like three dinners in a row. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Michelle's like because it's I, not a, is it a clock? Because like, I'm very frugal about things. There's like 700 in the in the thing you buy. I know, but you got to pay for those. Are you talking about like paper napkins? Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, if I have a big do stain you, on it, like you, I'm wiping spaghetti off of something, I don't. But if it's hardly dirty, would you go to, like to the little corner and like just use the corner? Well, I don't, and I don't work really your way use around? it very much. So if I can't even see anything dirty on there, I kind of just use it again. Weird, John. <laughs> It's a little weird. Oh, so at lunch today, John's like, hey, you got a minute to hang out? We'll have some lunch together. And John had a nice little uh, thing of chicken thighs and some fruit. Uh, In in like a little plastic, you know, grocery store bag. Yeah, yeah, pick and save bag. Right. And and I I also had a little plastic bag, and I I threw it away. And John called me an elitist. I was like, what? We have like 700 of those, like, stuck in a closet at home after we grocery shop. I'll use that pick and save bag for like weeks. He's going to keep the bag that he brought his lunch in. Yes. I brought Why? grapes today in a little <laughs> sandwich baggie. I, I, I was mad at myself because I took the little stems that the grapes were on, and yes. as I was eating them, I put the stems in the bag, and then I accidentally threw it out. I would, oh, use no. that, I would use that same bag for the grapes, even, like, for the rest of the week. Does this stuff become a rub in your marriage? Like, where you'll be like, Michelle will be like, oh, why are you saving that? That's so annoying. Well, the napkin thing she really doesn't like. That's, a, that's interesting. <laughs> she says, why are you doing that? <laughs> that's great it's being like, mean. It's hardly dirty. <laughs> I, okay, but how does that translate to your cleaning habits? Well, or does it? Yeah, I think a, you're fast, but you like light cleaning. Yeah, and I'm okay with that. I just don't like the deep cleaning. How often well, listen to this. I got to get to one more step because okay, yeah. I found this fascinating. One in ten people have never cleaned their dishwasher or washing machine. Why the hell would you clean your dishwasher? It's got soap and water that runs through it all the time. Well, if you're running it sometimes with food, it can get stuck in the trap. Yeah, you got to rinse. Got to do. Well, I've emptied the trap, but to me, emptying the trap is different than cleaning your dishwasher. Yeah, I would never do that. But I do clean my washer. Okay, so I do too. So yes. your, your front loaders. Yeah, right? you, you got to clean your front loader. Yeah, you get a little. Uh, get yeah, a little like it gets hair caught in there. It gets a little and smelly, yeah. and you got to do a yeah, little vinegar yeah. thing. And yeah. yeah, we clean that. But I've never, I've never even thought about cleaning the dishwasher. I've I, never thought of that either. No, we, we, we're, we're good rinsers. I want nothing to do but with it. What does that, that mean? It rinses itself. That it's part there's of the... no food that goes into the little pipe that oh, carries yeah, yeah. stuff away. Oh, oh so you mean before right. you load it, you rinse it? Yes, we're good rinsers. So Us I don't too. feel that there's no, nothing's getting stuck. It's so right, boring standing there rinsing all your Maybe plates. Maybe some soap scum. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I rinse everything. I, I don't like you any. You guys are neat freaks. 
That's really yeah. a great quality. Not really. I used to say napkin four days in a row. And, and, well, Emily picks on me a little bit because I, I would say once, maybe once a month, I, I pull out the oven and just run a vacuum or something <gasps> behind the oven. I need to clean my oven. I, I haven't never done do that, that in like a year. Well, it's just like a weird collection of stuff, man. Like you find all sorts of P- things oh, back pizza, there. Oh, pizza, mainly. Well, it's like everything, right? There, there's, right. You know. Uh, Drippings. There's well, hair, there's is that crumbs, why my house there's smells like bad? peanuts, there's a little grease. Like it's, I accidentally dropped a knife between the counter and the refrigerator. And I couldn't get it out, couldn't get it out. I went out in the garage and got a yardstick. I don't know why I still have a yardstick. That's stick. awesome that you have a yardstick. And, I, and I, I stuck that in there and I couldn't get it out, so I was forced to pull the refrigerator out, which is on wheels. And I pulled that thing out. Holy cow, I don't think we've cleaned back in there since the refrigerator went in like Just four years ago. Just a total mistake. I'm so much happier not oh, knowing about that. Me too. <laughs> Why? I was Why? mad at myself because now I know that half a dog lives back there. <laughs> along That's with a like a whole loaf of bread. I feel your pain. That was weird. Yeah. I also yeah. don't want to look in the refrigerator. Like I pulled the, the dra- veggie drawer out and yeah. there was some real weird yeah, stuff happens, going on back for there. Sure. All right. Uh, we got to get out of here because you know who's up next. We're actually doing a show. Actually, the healthiest guy we know is going to be with us. Dr. John Raymond joins us live up next on WTMJ. Dr. John Raymond is the president and CEO of the Medical College of Wisconsin. He is with us live on WTMJ. Dr. Raymond, thank you so much for being with us. Good afternoon, John. Glad to be here. Hey, I want to start with a question from a listener who texted into the text line and asked this. Ask Dr. Raymond, please, if there's a new COVID strain in Wisconsin that's stronger than ones in the last year. Three of my adult kids in their 30s have recently contracted a miserable case of COVID. They've all been vaccinated and boosted, and they were hit much harder this time than when they had it in 2022. Is there a new COVID strain that's uh, particularly difficult? Uh, that That's a really interesting question, and I, I think the short answer is probably not, um, but we are tracking Arcturus, which is a strain that has been circulating through India and seems to be very contagious and perhaps to cause more significant disease than some of the Omicron strains have. Um, So if the listener would indulge me, I'll try to check the genome sequencing database for the state and answer the question next week. Oh, that'd be great, Dr. Raymond. Um, Another question related to covid The CDC signs off on an additional COVID-19 booster dose for certain people. We've kind of asked about this. What what does this mean? Um, Yeah, we talked about this last Tuesday. And last Wednesday, the CDC made four recommendations relevant to um, COVID vaccinations. Um, They approved an extra dose or a second dose of the bivalent mRNA vaccines that were released last fall. Um, and those are raised against the original strain of COVID and the Omicron st- strain. So if you're 65 or older or you have a weakened immune system, say from cancer, an autoimmune disease, kidney failure, and you wish to get extra protection, you can get that, uh, that second booster. Also for people, and the third recommendation then is for people six and older who've never had that bivalent vaccine. They only had the original vaccine dose. They're eligible for and recommended to get one shot of this bivalent dose. 
And then finally, the CDC recommended that we no longer administer the original COVID-19 vaccine that was raised against the the strain that was uh, circulating in early 2020. So those are four things, I think, um, for people that are 65 and older, and they're six months out from receiving their first bivalent uh, booster, or they never received one, or if you have a weakened immune system, talk to your doctor, but it's a good idea to get that booster. Dr. Raymond, at least uh, one person has died and a hundred others have been sickened in Michigan by this blastomycosis, which is a fungus. Are, are we learning more about what happened there and how this could have spread? Yeah, we are. We are learning a little bit more. Blastomycosis is a fungus um, that is prevalent in Michigan, Minnesota, and Wisconsin, and some parts of the Southwest. It's in the soil, it's in wood, it's in decaying leaves and, and other organic materials, and we may from time to time be exposed to it. But typically, it only causes about two cases per 100,000 people. So if you inhale that fungus in the form of either mold or spores, you can get a, a pneumonia and some systemic symptoms from that. But it's actually pretty unusual. Um, we know that it's more prevalent in the Upper Peninsula. And what happened at a paper mill, a 100 people that worked or lived around the paper mill have um, blastomycosis, and one person died from it. Um, so this is very, very serious. The paper mill is shut down. They're doing a pretty significant deep cleaning and also an investigation of where that might have come from. They're looking at the wood that comes in as the raw materials for paper. They're looking inside the paper mill to see if maybe there was some contamination. So it's still a bit of a mystery, but it is it is a, of concern to the people that work there. I want to make sure everyone knows, though, blastomycosis can't be transmitted from person to person. It's typically from an environmental exposure. Dr. John Raymond, the president and CEO of the Medical College of Wisconsin, is with us. Dr. Raymond, rising instances of antibiotic-resistant shigella of a concern to kids, CDC issues a warning. What do parents need to know? First of all, parents don't need to worry. Um, you're, this is really uh, the CDC issued a warning to make laboratories and physicians aware. So Shigella is a bacteria that causes gastrointestinal symptoms. It often can be confused with some of the common viruses like norovirus. Um, it's less prevalent than viruses, but it causes about half a million infections per year. What's concerning about Shigella, it's usually self-limited, um, occasionally requires antibiotics or treatment, but there is a circulating strain that is resistant to multiple different types of uh, antibiotics. And so that would be something if, if a child has persistent bloody diarrhea, fever, they're not getting better with symptomatic treatment, that should be, that's something that your pediatrician ought to consider as a possible cause. All right, Dr. Raymond, you have some good news for us this week. I do, and this is medically related. Um, that it's really great news. There now is a vaccine that has been approved for malaria, and malaria kills about a million people in sub-Saharan Africa every year, and most of them are kids under five. So Nigeria and Ghana are the first two countries that have approved administration of a vaccine for malaria for kids between five months and three years of age. And this could be a real game changer for one of the leading causes of death in Africa. That is good news for sure. Dr. John Raymond is the president and CEO of the Medical College of Wisconsin. Great to have you with us, Dr. Raymond. Thank you. Oh, thank you, John.